You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. help him as a new king realize that God was with him and God would solve the problems that were coming ahead if we would only trust in God. If we would only trust in him. So many times, I've been there too many times, I've done it myself. So many times when problems arise, it's the old, okay, Lord, I got this one. I'm going to take care of it. Instead of trusting and resting and seeing what the Lord would When you're called to a specific ministry or work for the Lord, there's a tendency to feel you must now rise up and do all the work on your own. Yet as Pastor Dave will remind you today, God promises His Spirit to fully equip you and provide all the help and strength that you'll need as you serve and obey Him, rely on Him. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10 as he continues his message, The Anointing. You will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with string instrument, tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Wow. What is God trying to do here? What is the purpose of all this? Hmm? Kind of preparation, yeah, but I think it's confirmation. I think God is now confirming to Saul that he truly called him. He truly anointed him, and he is truly going to be king. Because I'm sure there were a lot of things going on in Saul's mind, like, what the heck's happening here? Besides having a wet head, he was thinking, what's going on? This is crazy. The Lord always confirms his anointing. Sometimes he does use signs, but mostly I believe he uses his word. I believe he uses his word. He will speak to you directly through his word, or we'll have someone come and speak his word to you as confirmation of what he has called you to do, what he has anointed you to do. We need to trust in God's confirmation all along the way. God did not want Saul to doubt his calling, and he doesn't want you to doubt your calling either. Doubt will come. If you've been called to serve, doubt will hit you like a ton of bricks. If you've been called to a higher part to serve, pastor, assistant pastor, worship leader, you will have doubt after doubt after doubt after doubt. It will be ever with you. God doesn't want you to doubt. God wants you to have faith in him that he knows what he's doing and he has placed you there for a reason and he will back you up and be with you as you go through this time. God wants you to be strong in what he has called you to do. I believe Christian faith is an oxymoron. It's an active rest. I use the scripture, Paul says, I've done more than them all. But not I, but the grace of God that dwells within me. God wants to use you. He wants to use me. And as we work for him, it looks like we're working, but he's really doing the work because we're resting in him to do it. And I'm trusting in him to do it, but he's using me. So it's an oxymoron. It's an active rest. Things are getting done, but I'm resting in God. I'm trusting in him to do it. 
This is what God wants out of Saul. Trust in me. I know you're not very spiritual, but I'm going to make you spiritual. I'm going to give you everything you need. I'm going to give you everything you need to lead the country, to lead the nation. I'm going to give you everything you need to draw closer to me. You are now the king. I have anointed you. You're the man. Don't doubt me. These three occurrences would give Saul the confirmation he needed. The first one was when he would meet two men who would tell him that the donkeys were found. This was pleasing to Saul because as we study through Saul's life, he was a megalomaniac. What does that mean? He had to have his hand in everything. He wanted control of everything. He was a control freak. He wanted to control everything. He couldn't keep his hands off things. It's easy to get caught up in ministry when you think that you need to do everything yourself. Or if it doesn't get done by you, it's not going to get done right. That's bad thinking. That's bad thinking. That's why God gives you people, men, women around you, surrounded so you can delegate and have them do the work of the ministry. Let them get the blessing. Let the Lord use them mightily. It's easy to get caught up. And even as Saul dined and had his full of dinner, God saved the animals. I mean, he was real worried about the animals until Samuel said, hey, you want to eat? Come on. He was eating. He wasn't even thinking about the animals. But God saved the animals during that time. This would help him as a new king realize that God was with him and God would solve the problems that were coming ahead if we would only trust in God. If we would only trust in him. So many times, I've been there too many times, I've done it myself. So many times when problems arise, it's the old, okay, Lord, I got this one. I'm going to take care of it. Instead of trusting and resting and seeing what the Lord would do. I have people come to me with problems. There's a problem here. There's a problem there in the church. There's a problem here. There's a problem there in the church. And I pray about it. I don't want to act real fast. I don't want to act right away. I don't want to supersede God. I want to see what God wants to do. I want to see what God can do in someone's heart. So I pray and ask the Holy Spirit to take care of the things. God wanted Saul to know that, hey, I'm with you, and I can solve problems. I'm a pretty good problem solver. I can do it. The second sign was to take place under the Oka Tabor, and he would meet these three pilgrims heading to the Bethel. Bethel was a very, very holy place. Go back and read Genesis. Jacob spent some time there. Abraham was there. These men were going up to Bethel to honor the Lord at the sacred place, and they were men of faith. And it's interesting that they were going there because this was the time of judges when everybody did what was right in their own eyes, but there was still a remnant. God always has those who are going to serve him. God always has those who are going to go after him. And maybe these three gifts were present because they wanted to give the Levites their serving place because the Levites were taking care of this holy place and they had to eat. These men would give Saul two loaves of the three breads and he was to take them. This is so hard for us sometimes. So hard sometimes when somebody wants to give. First, oh, no, I I can't take that. No, no, no. It becomes a prideful thing. I can't take that. We we need to receive. We we, we need to receive because it could be coming from God. It could be a gift. This was showing Saul that not only could God solve his problems, but he could supply his needs too. He could take care of him. The bread came out of nowhere. And finally, the third sign would address Paul's spirituality. He would meet a band of prophets. I like that, a band of prophets. They were actually a band too because they had tambourines and they had all kinds of stuff. So it was a band of prophets. They were returning from worship at the high place. And they must have been sky high in the Lord. 
I mean, they were having a worship service, and they were coming back, and they were, yeah, they were so happy, you know. But they would be prophesizing, he said. And it was during that that the Holy Spirit would come upon Saul and empower him for the work God had to accomplish. And what would be the sign that Saul knew that he was filled with the Holy Spirit, overpowered with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit? He would prophesize. He was prophesized. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit would come forth. Saul would prophesize. Saul would prophesy. The Lord said, Saul, I know you're weak. I know you're having some problems, but I'm going to be your power source. I'm going to give you all the power you need to do the work I've called you to do. Trust in me, man. Trust in me. The Lord's telling you that today. I'm going to give you all the power you need to get through this time, to get through whatever it is. I'll give you the power. Trust in me. God wanted Saul to know that he is sufficient for all things and that Saul can trust him. Because isn't this the question of every heart of a servant? I can't do that. Who's sufficient for these things? God is sufficient. God is sufficient. He is our sufficiency. Christ is our sufficiency, not ourselves. If I tried to rely on myself, oh my, some big problems there. Been there, done that, got the scars, bruises to prove it. I can't trust in myself. I've seen the, the results. Unfortunately, Saul would forget this, and he would become very self-sufficient, and this would lead to rebellion. And subsequently, the Lord would take the Holy Spirit from Saul. As I said, in the Old Testament, people would be specially anointed for service, but then God could remove it. Now, they would be prophesying. doesn't necessarily mean they would be predicting the future. Prophecy can be predictive, not always so. But they would be speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They would be speaking. Prophecy means bringing forth God's word. Bringing forth God's word. Sometimes I bring forth God's word, and somebody brings a visitor here, and they get mad at the person because they say, you told him everything that I'm going through. He knows exactly what's happening to me. How dare you? Well, I was just bringing forth God's word, and God's word did the trick. Prophets may speak by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, yet their words may not be predictive, as I said. 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, He who prophesies seeks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, edification, comfort to men, exhortation. Remember that. People may speak to God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. People may speak for God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and it may come out in a foreign tongue. It may come out in a different language that we don't understand. God usually provides an interpretation, whether it be from the person who's speaking or for someone else in the crowd. But there's interpretation that follows. This reception of the Holy Spirit was the real anointing. This is when the real anointing took place, when the Holy Spirit came upon Saul. This is when the real anointing of the Holy Spirit. If you're struggling in your Christian walk, ladies and gentlemen, hear this. If you're struggling in your Christian walk and can't understand how you can't get the A to B without going up and down and all this kind of other places, maybe it's because you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you haven't got the power to live the Christian life the way the Christian life was meant to be, the way God had planned it that way. Maybe that's the reason why you're struggling so poorly. It's because you haven't submitted to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit, your life, to guide and lead. Have that. The reception of the Holy Spirit was the real anointing. The oil that was poured on his head is just a picture. It's just a picture. A gallon of oil poured down could have been put on his head, but if the Spirit of the Lord did not come upon him, it would have meant nothing. He would have had a wet head and a bad hair day. It's the Holy Spirit that is the true anointing. And that's why 
when we do ordination, when we raise someone up, when we send out a missionary, we lay hands on him and pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon him. That's the power. Not me. Not anybody else whose hands are on them. No. God. God is the power. He's the power source. He's the one that we need to be tapped into consistently, constantly on an everyday basis. He is the power source of our life. You want your marriage to work? Get plugged into God. You want to be the best employee ever at your job? Get plugged into God. Get the power source. God is the power source to the Spirit. The literal translation of the Hebrew for come upon in this thing is will leap or rush upon for a season. It might also look like the Spirit resting upon man, as in Numbers 11.25 and Isaiah 11.2. But I like that leaping upon or rushing wind, because that's what happened at Pentecost, right? The wind, tongues of fire, and that must have been something else. He says, you will prophesy with them, and I love this, you will be turned into another man. Now, look at verse 9. We didn't read it. Let me read it to you. So it was when he, Saul, had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him what? Another heart. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. God gave him a heart transplant. Gave him a new heart that was towards him. Before this time, Saul doesn't particularly have a spiritual side of him. It's not shown. We don't know. But from now on, he's going to prophesize. He's going to speak as inspired from the Lord. He's going to talk about these things. He's going to prophesy. And people are going to recognize that he's prophesying. And they're going to go, whoa. They're going to be taken aback. God picked Saul just as he was. Just as he was. God didn't wait for him to become this super spiritual person before he placed him in the ministry. God picked Saul just as he was. Serving just as he was. Even if it was just serving his father. And that's what God does with us. He looks to and fro throughout the land for someone whose heart is towards him that he can show himself strong of. And he sees this person serving the Lord, scrubbing floors, changing toilet lids, doing whatever in a church or or anywhere else, serving, serving, serving. And all of a sudden God says, that's the person. And he chooses them and he raises them up. We don't sit around thinking, well, one of these days I'm going to be a pastor, so when I get to be a pastor, I'll do those things. No, no. To be raised up in the family of God, you're already doing those things. You're already doing it. It's because the Spirit has been upon you, and you're doing those things because you love the Lord, and you want to serve the Lord. And then God recognizes it and taps a shoulder on someone like the pastor says, and then he recognizes it, and then you get raised up. One of the worst things we can do, though, sometimes is give someone a title. Sometimes when you give someone a title, all of a sudden it's like, I've got a title. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. God chose Saul just as he was, but he didn't want to leave him that way. And that's the cool thing about God. You've heard it said that Jesus cleans his own fish. The, the changing from water to wine, the conversion, the cleansing of the temple, and how they went together. How when, we're, when we come to Jesus just as we are, sinners, rotten, filthy sinners, we come just as we are. We come to him and we ask, and then he fills us with the Holy Spirit right then. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It says so. Boom, he's in there. And he has a work to do. It's pretty dirty in here. Oh, oh man, I tell you what. Gets a leaf blower and starts blowing things out and sweeping and doing all kinds of things. He starts to conform you from the inside out into the image of Jesus Christ. He leads you into the truth in the scriptures. He shows you things. He convicts you of things. You shouldn't have said that. Now you need to go apologize. 
He convicts you of things. He, he, he's conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. You're under construction. You're a work in progress. God is doing the work mightily in you. For God to use any of us and for God to use Saul, we have to be turned into the new person. Put off the old, put on the new. If God's going to use any of us, that is what happens. Old is gone, new is on. The old man is gone, Christ the new man is on. God wanted to use Saul to his fullest, but he had to turn him into another man. He had to give him a new heart before any of that could take place. God says his work will be done. And how does he say, God, how does he say his work is going to be accomplished? Are you on the same page as I am? God tells Zechariah in chapter 4, verse 6, this is how my work is going to be accomplished. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how the work is accomplished. It's only accomplished by the Holy Spirit. When we let the Spirit of the Lord fill us and then baptize us and empower us and then change us, wow, watch out. Watch out. God will do something incredible. Your life will never be the same. Life will never be the same, ever. Verse 7 and 8, And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as an occasion demands, for God is with you. You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. When these signs come upon you, God arranged each one of them in three events, you know, so you'll know I've confirmed it. It's it. It's me. When you see these signs exactly as they happen, you'll know that this is true. This is not some game we're playing. It was an important command. It was important for Saul to obey this command, and he does obey it at first. Why? Because kings don't obey commands. Kings command. Kings don't need to obey commands because they're the king. So Saul had to learn this lesson, but God was telling him, (laughs) what God was really telling Saul, and I love this, and he tells me this all the time, you may be the pastor, pal, but I'm in control. I love that when he does that. He was telling Saul, yeah, yeah, okay, you're the king. Big deal. I'm control. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Can imagine what happens. But Saul has a problem waiting for Samuel. And it starts this rebellious nature. Why Gilgal, of all places? Gilgal was chosen for its purpose. It was a very fit place. Something very, very solemn and incredible happened at Gilgal back in Joshua 4. It's where the nation coming out of Israel before they crossed into the promised land, they made a covenant with God. And all the ones that came out that were from such and such a days were circumcised. That was the covenant that they made with God before they could go into the new land. They were getting back to God. Read Joshua 4 for that. And it's a very, very accessible place. We're going to see that now Samuel's going to call all the people. He's going to call all the people, and they're all going to be there. And then before them, he will declare Saul king. They will have their king, and Saul will be in front of them, and he will do it in front of everybody, again, the nation, the seer, the prophet, man, putting their stamp of approval on that whom God has already ordained, that who God has lifted up and said, this is the man, this is the one. 
Interesting stuff. You look at the applications in our lives, and, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know. We have it different than the Old Testament saints because when we accept Christ in our life, the Spirit comes to live within us. He's already in us, and he's already doing a work in us. But Jesus says power will come from on high. We need that power to come from on high, to do any work, to be witnesses of him. We need that power, and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need that. We pray for it constantly. I pray constantly that you would receive that and that you would move forward. And when we receive that, things happen. There are evidences. There are evidences when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, when you receive that baptism. And you should look for those evidences. You should see them manifest themselves. And we pray that they would. We pray that they would manifest themselves in our midst. So we can see those things. It's a wonderful testimony because the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all of them, all the gifts, there's Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 9, all these gifts are used to edify the body. They're used to build up the body and edify the body. All of them are wonderful, wonderful things, and we should look for those, and we should desire the best gifts, is what it says. We desire the best gifts. I don't know what the best gift is. I don't know what the best gift is. And Paul clearly states that the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he wills. He gives them independently because he's God. He gives those independently to people as he wills. Then Paul goes on to to say, you know, a rhetorical question. Do all talk in tongues? Do all prophesy? Do all do this? Well, obviously not because why would Paul ask those questions? But there are evidences that we need to look for when the baptism of the Holy Spirit happens. And I don't know what evidences they'll come out manifested. According to the book of Acts, we see a lot of people speaking in tongues when, when they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's there at the Bible. We can't ignore it. We can't walk away from it. It's there. But there are other evidences as well. So I think there are, there are many evidences. But we need to look for them and, and say, here they are. And they, they may happen one day as you're just walking down the street. You, who knows when it's going to happen to you if you truly believe and you truly accept and you truly want that. Jesus didn't commit himself to them because he knew what was in their hearts. He knows what's in your hearts right now. And I know. I love you guys. I really do. But I know some of you, when I start talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you bristle. He's like, Brr. Your hair on the back of your neck goes, because you're afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of. Why would you be afraid of God? The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. He is God. He is God. Well, I might do something crazy. Well, I've been here for seven years. And although I've been accused of many crazy things, I don't think you've ever seen me do anything crazy during one of our times together. Because that's not how the Holy Spirit works. He works in order. He works in truth. So we can apply this to our life. We can take something like this Old Testament scripture in 1 Samuel 10, and we can see God choosing someone, choosing someone out of the midst of a crowd and saying, you're the person I've chosen, not because you're a great thinker, not because you're anything, but because I chose you. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God and his choice. He chose you. He called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Beautiful scriptures. And he wants to use you. He wants to use every one of us in a specific way. And only he knows which way he wants to use you. We need to be open. We need to be honest with him. He knows your heart. You are We're so glad you joined Pastor Dave Shank today for A Sure Hope. 
This study in 1 Samuel has been taking you further into God's process of fulfilling promises, and it may not look like you'd always want it to. God gave a promise to David when he was young and unequipped to handle the magnitude of what was to come. God still gave him a glimpse to the future though, and we walked with David to help him grow and learn. God's plan included trials along with victories, but he was faithful to David throughout. Right now in our country, we are facing a trial never before experienced. Don't fear, God is as faithful to you now as he was to David. He will bring you through, and you can lean on Him for strength and comfort in the waiting. We'd encourage you to read ahead in 1 Samuel and discover for yourself how God works life out, and let Him encourage you through it. How can we be praying for you during this 1 Samuel study and during this unusual time in history? Please give us a call and let us know at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We are pleased to be able to bring you teachings from God's Word on each edition of Assure Hope. If you'd like to hear more from this series in the book of 1 Samuel, visit assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download, and we encourage you to share them with friends and family. That's all we have time for. Thanks for tuning in to Assure Hope.